This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has sparked tons of misinformation. So what are social media companies doing about it? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET social media expert, Queenie Wong. Welcome, Queenie. Thank you for having me. It's been quite a busy week. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Busy two weeks. Busy two weeks. Since, so, since the fighting broke out last week, uh, we've seen lots of misinformation spreads. How, how bad has it gotten? I mean, it's gotten to kind of the point where you have to be very cautious, more than you had before, of things either being posted because people are using old footage to misrepresent what's happening now, or in some cases, Facebook has said that hackers have successfully broken into some Facebook accounts. Um, they didn't specify who, but they mentioned the hackers were targeting targeting Ukrainian military and journalists. So there's kind of a twofold issue where it's, you know, not only, you know, information that may be spread unintentionally, but information coming from maybe legitimate sources that aren't actually legitimate because they've been hacked. And then there's this whole issue of Russian state-controlled media posting on Facebook and Instagram. Right. And that's sort of the crux of today's announcements from Meta, or formerly Facebook. Uh, what, what, did they, what did they say today? The announcement was that they would begin demoting content from Facebook pages and Instagram accounts from Russian state-controlled media, and it, it would make this content harder to find. They didn't give that many details in terms of what what they meant by demotion, um, even though they were kind of asked this a couple of times during the press conference. Um, the company has an algorithm, right, that surfaces what you see on the newsfeed. So I'm assuming maybe it has something to do with what gets surfaced higher on the newsfeed. They didn't actually give any specifics. But then they also said that they will begin to demote posts with links to Russian state-controlled media websites on Facebook. And you would see this label that said, um, this link is from a publisher Facebook believes may be partially or wholly under the editorial control of the Russian government and that, you know, they're going to take similar steps on Instagram as well. Um, so those are some of the steps we're seeing this company take. They've already, you know, barred ads from Russian state controlled media. They've taken a number of steps to restrict them across the EU and in Ukraine. But they sort of made this important distinction during the press call that they're not a government, they're a private company. They're responding to requests from various governments to get this content or their services taken down. But they also want to sort of balance this idea of freedom of expression because people are using their services in good ways, such as, you know, protesting a war or 
helping to get people, you know, aid during a time of crisis. The Ukrainian president has also used it to speak to people publicly. So they're trying to balance, you know, the concerns about misinformation and propaganda being spread with also their own concern that, you know, counter speech or freedom of expression will get suppressed if they pull down, you know, Instagram or or Facebook in Russia, for example. Right. right. And that that's this fine line that these these companies have to walk when it comes to, you know, the pressure that they're facing to shut down the services and restricting access to folks who who do use this as a, a critical form of communication. I, I'm curious because you mentioned that, you know, Facebook or Meta um, are re- restricting, you know, certain state-run media outlets. I saw those headlines from yesterday as well. I'm just curious what what was different from yesterday's announcement versus what they talked about today. So the difference between yesterday's announcement is that it it impacts countries within the European Union and this impacts everyone globally. So the announcements okay. today were much more broad and impacts people across the globe versus the announcement yesterday. They were also very vague about what they meant by restricting access. And they've been pressed a couple of times on Twitter by me, by other journalists, like what exactly they mean by restricting access. And I don't know what the issue is, but Meta is not really giving a lot of details. And I wonder if it's because they don't want people to like somehow circumvent whatever they're trying to do. Oh, yeah, makes sense. And uh, have the Russian outlets said anything about this, the, the steps from today as well as from yesterday? Yes. Yeah, so I did reach out to RT and Sput- Sputnik, which were the two Russian state-controlled media outlets that Facebook restricted in the EU and in Ukraine. Um, and they said that You know, RT said that they felt like nobody has been pointing to any specific evidence that what they're posting is false. And um, even though Facebook has fact checked some of their posts, so that's not entirely true, um, but uh, they kind of see it as, you know, this, you know, assault on their speech from like Western governments and they think is this is sort of like a form of censorship and um they did really kind of push back against some of these actions made by not only the tech companies but comments from european politicians as well got it and how unusual is it that these companies are you know taking such a proactive approach i mean beyond meta you know you, you've seen starlink scramble satellites over ukraine for better broadband service, Airbnb, offering to take on 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. You know, how unusual is it that the the tech industry has become so active uh, in this particular global conflict? Well, this global conflict is very unprecedented. So I think you're seeing like very rare actions that companies like Meta and other tech firms generally Stay, stay away from taking. Um, I think it's true that, you know, there's been other times of crisis where Facebook has has had to respond either through fact-checking posts or, 
um, labeling certain content, but we, we haven't seen it at this scale and we haven't seen them respond to government requests this I don't know if it's accurate to say like this quickly in real time, but the the situation is moving very fast. And, you know, Facebook's vice president of global affairs says that tougher restrictions, you know, aren't off the table, but he believes like the anecdote to propaganda is counter speech. And that's why they're labeling some of these links and not going as far as pulling down pages from Russian state controlled media. Yeah, that's and it's an interesting point because I think that's that's always part of the debate and, and I think we had, it was a debate we had you know back during the elections uh, with COVID in terms of like why hasn't the company done more or why isn't the company doing more now in terms of pulling down uh, sites or pages that spew propaganda or misinformation. Yeah, I think some of what you've seen in the past, because it is kind of a tricky issue, is that when you pull down content that is false, sometimes that can actually help fuel the spread of the content because people will start talking on social media about, oh, what is this video that YouTube or Facebook or whatever social media company doesn't want you to see? And because of that, people kind of get, um, they start searching for this content. And so it, it sometimes has like the opposite effect of what you want to happen. So I think that's that's why you see these companies being very sort of careful in how they um react to this content. So a lot of it is fact checking, a lot of it is labeling. Um, but it's like by the time that happens, a lot of this content is already viral. So there's questions about whether or not what they're doing is actually working. And this is definitely a very tough issue that they haven't been able to completely solve for many years. Right. right. And we've talked about Meta a lot, but I also want to talk about Twitter because you had a, a great story over the weekend looking at how this couple of these fake videos were able to spread on Twitter. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that and sort of what happened there. So when Russia invaded um, Ukraine, I basically started looking at, at that moment, like what content was being shared very heavily on Twitter. And one thing that I saw were these videos, some of them like that were were getting a lot of views like within the hour i'm saying you know like three million views within the hour um that claimed to be from uh ukraine but people were posting footage in in this case the footage came from a TikTok video that claimed to show that lightning was striking and that user repurposed that footage and said it was happening, you know, they they mentioned a city in Ukraine. And so people started sort of like jumping to the conclusion. And it's kind of like this weird game of telephone where somebody may post a photo, they don't give you an entire description of what is happening. And then other social media users will kind of run with it. And then the, and then the tweets will get like even more and more uh alarming you know like it the the caption goes from uh maripol like a city in ukraine and then it goes like breaking an explosion rocks you know 
Like, that kind of language that you're kind of seeing happen on social media. And I don't know if this is like these people are doing it intentionally, but I think it kind of points to this whole system that's set up by social networks where people feel compelled to post very fast and be like the first the first person to post on social media because they know if they have it before anyone else has it, then they're gonna get a bunch of retweets and retweets and likes and you know right. comments. And so that account that posted the misleading video that got six million views, like I saw them basically almost double their following on Twitter within the last couple of days. So it is a strategy that kind of works, but because you know people are often not on the ground level in Ukraine, what you're seeing is that they're taking old footage or, or photos or videos and pretending that they're actually there. And that's problematic because it kind of skews everyone's perception of like, when people are saying that they're, at, they're in Ukraine or they're seeing things happening in Ukraine, then you start to kind of question is this person really there? Um, they're trying to raise money, but is this like a scam or something? There's just, there's been so many questions within the last couple of days of what is true and what is not on social media. No, that's, then uh, that's a good reminder for everyone to sort of vet their sources and to not instantly retweet. I know for a lot of folks, that's, that's the temptation. Queenie, thank you for your time. You can check out our stories on CNET.com if you have any questions. Sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. 